John and I are going to meet with our fall group of newcomers this afternoon. It's our their second meeting. Among other things with this group, we always try to answer the question in this class, what do Unitarian Universalists believe for people who are first learning about our religion? But we will not succeed. We never do. You would think that would be a, you know, a, a softball, an, an easy question, but, but if you've been around for a while, you begin to realize that it's a more challenging question. One that we must describe to you newcomers if they're to know whether, do you belong here? Yet a convocation of Unitarian Universalist ministers 18 years ago, a gathering of ministers from all over the country, there were 500 of us, on the subject of the transient and the permanent in liberal religion, left me wondering if there was a permanent core. Every one of my colleagues seemed to have a different answer. We had a book, and there were chapters from about oh, 18 or 20 books, and then we had more people talk about their views. And to me, every one of them seemed to say something different. Ten years ago, a former president of the Unitarian Universalist Association, Bill Sinkford, challenged us to come up with what he called an elevator speech. So say you're caught in an elevator with someone that you know, and they say, here you're a Unitarian Universalist. What do Unitarian Universalists believe? And let's say that you're in downtown D.C. Well, now that, those buildings don't go up too high in D.C. because of the Washington Monument. Say, say that you're in New York, and you've got, oh, 50, 75, 80 floors before you're going to get out. You've got to have something, though, that's short enough so that you can explain to the, the individual the answer. And they're going to expect you to know, right? I mean, you are a Unitarian Universalist. You want something pithy, something memorable, something short. He described his own elevator speech. The Unitarian side of me tells me that there's only one God. Somebody time this. I'll say this again. The Unitarian side, floor one, tells us that there's only one, two, God, that there's only one God, one spirit of life, one power of love. We're up to, what, about fifth floor by now? The universalist side tells us that God is a loving God, condemning none of us, valuing the spark of divinity that is in every human being. Oh, what are we, up to? 20 seconds. 20, 20 seconds. Well, <laughs> let's say we're at the 20th floor by that time. But do you remember that? So he says, my version of what Unitarian Universalism stands for is one God, no one left behind. You do that one floor, you know, one God, no one left behind. Now, that was followed by a popular adult education curriculum called Articulating Your UU Theology or something like that, designed to help each one of us. When we get in that elevator, we would be ready. But we never came up with a commonly held elevator speech and I think that may say quite a lot about who we are may say even more than our individual elevator speeches my first stab at an elevator speech and I don't think I was thinking of it as an elevator speech but I would get this as a minister I got this question all the time uh, was well we're a multi-faith approach 
to religion. We believe that truth is found in many places. But now listen to that. Nowhere in there is any traditional sense of the word belief. You know, it's a multi-faith approach to religion. We, We believe that truth is found in many places. And it didn't really answer the question, what do we believe? Most people didn't notice that, though. You know, you, you, know, you can get by with, with an answer like that. I suspected that we did hold some things in common. Um, in your, your um, gray hymnal, at the beginning of the hymnal, there is a list of the principles and purposes uh, that are commonly held. Is it, is it on our... Oh, okay, it's... The principles, at least, are on the back of your order of service. Um, But you should know that individuals don't have to agree to these to join the church. You don't have to agree to these to belong to our church. Churches do. So, you know, if you take your vote and you get 51%, well, then you're okay. And I know my father always said, I don't believe in the inherent worth and dignity of Hitler. So... But this is probably the closest we come to something that is commonly held among Unitarian Universalists. But I thought that there must be some beliefs that underlie, these are essentially values, that we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of all people. We believe in justice, equity, and compassion. It's not the same as saying, I believe that there's a God or many gods up there. It's a different kind of belief. But I believe that there must be some beliefs. Well, there must be another. What's another word for beliefs? Conviction. conviction. There must be some other conviction uh, 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 that lay underneath that allowed me to believe in those values. But I, so I still struggle to try to identify that core. Uh, more recently, I came up with this, this one. Check this out. You use believe in something greater than ourselves, something that could mean a lot of things, something greater than ourselves that calls us to lead lives of justice and compassion and to live in harmony with all of creation. That seemed to me to be broad enough to encompass the beliefs of Christian you use, atheist you use, Buddhist you use, Hindu you use, pagan you use, and all the wide variety of people who find that they belong here. The only thing was, my elevator speech didn't catch on. I couldn't even remember it. It wasn't exactly pithy, you know? I mean, I still kind of like it, but... So I kept looking until I found myself reading Karen Armstrong's spiritual autobiography, The Spiral Staircase. Now, if you want to take a moment, pause, get out your pens and pencils. This, I really highly recommend. This is a really wonderful book. It's a good read. It's a story of her life. Um, She's, oh, tell me some of the things she's she's written. I mean, she's very, Karen Armstrong has written a... The History of God. The History of God. There you go. I mean, she's a very interesting person. And as I was reading her, her autobiography, I found myself nodding my head. Yeah, 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 that, yeah, that's what I was looking for. She, she wrote movingly of her 
years as a nun and pre-Vatican II convent. In her middle 20s, though, she left the convent, and gradually she left her faith. One day she was talking to a friend of hers who told her the old story of a pagan who came to see Rabbi Hillel. Non-believer told Hillel that if he would recite the whole of Jewish teaching, well, the seeker stood on one leg. He can't see this. One leg. He would convert. I don't, I, I don't have very good balance. But, and Hillel responded, John, you want to try that? No. <laughs> do not do unto others as you would not have done unto you. That's the whole of the Torah. The rest is commentary. Go study it. But Karen Armstrong challenged Hillel's response. What about faith? What about God? Her companion answered, easy to see you were brought up Christian. Theology is just not that important in Judaism or any other religion, really. There's no no orthodoxy as you have it in the Catholic Church, no complicated creeds to which everybody must subscribe, no infallible pronouncements by a pope. Nobody can tell Jews what to believe. Within reason, you can believe what you want. Armstrong couldn't believe he meant what he was saying. She pushed him, what about God? What about salvation and so on? He responded, we have orthopraxy instead of orthodoxy. Right practice rather than right belief. You Christians make such a fuss about theology, but it's not important in the way you think. It's just poetry, really. Ways of talking about the inexpressible. We Jews don't bother much about what we believe. We just do it. We just do it instead. Does that sound familiar to any of you when we're talking about Unitarian Universalism? I heaved a sigh of of relief. I had been struggling for years because I believed that we had to have a belief system in order to be considered a real religion, an authentic religion. What Armstrong helped me realize is that though the idea of one or more gods or goddesses is is present in many world's religions, for many, faith in some particular understanding of the nature of of the holy is not essential. Hinduism and Islam, for example, both contain one or more gods in the case of Hinduism, yet there's not very much emphasis on the study of theology. Instead, they focus on transforming our lives. Neither Buddha nor Confucius was concerned at all with trying to answer questions concerning the existence of God. Similarly to the discovery of those ancient rabbis, In Unitarian Universalism, the intent, the intent to commit to one another in pursuit of the good is all it takes to belong here. That's all. It doesn't matter whether you lean toward Christianity or atheism, Buddhism or Wicca. What matters is the acceptance of one another as a community striving, striving, not necessarily always you know, we are imperfect, not, not necessarily always 
making it, but striving to do what we believe, striving to follow those seven principles, or six if we don't like one more. (laughs) The question, what do Unitarian Universalists believe, is not the best question to ask in order to understand our religious tradition. 200 years ago, Unitarians and Universalists knew how to light the fire. They knew the words of the prayer and the place in the forest. It is not so much that we've forgotten, but that over time we have learned that there are many ways to light the fire. That some of them work for some people, some of them work better for others. There are many words to pray, many places to say those words. We have learned to accept that they may all work to help someone go deeper. But we have found that neither words nor ritual nor belief is the core of this religion. Instead, ask us, what do Unitarian Universalists do? Or at least, what do we try to do? Look at our mission. We strive to embrace diversity. We strive to do that. We strive to nurture spirituality. We strive to promote justice in the world. If you find that that is what you are longing for, then you, well, I won't say that there aren't other places, but we welcome you here. You belong here. You may belong someplace else, but you belong here. The question of who we are as Unitarian Universalists depends on how we try to live our lives, how we spend our days. That's far more important, more central, the main thing to how we understand our faith tradition. We come closest to the divine when we become, as theologian Matthew Fox suggests, co-creators of justice, of compassion and peace upon this planet. We touch the spirit when we create and support beauty. When we nurture and sustain life, look at our date books. Look at the calendars in our smartphones, and you will discover our theology, the core of our faith. Where are we when the call comes to attend still another planning meeting? Where are we when the call comes to march? Where are we when the call comes to testify? Of course, many of our actions may not make it into the date book. Caring for children, some of them not our own. Caring for our neighbors, some of whom we've never met. The stranger on the road. And of course, we are, like everyone, imperfect. We fail, sometimes badly. But if you want to know what we believe, look at what we do, or at least what we try to do. If you want to know whether you belong here, look at our mission statement. Read our newsletter. Look at the announcements in today's order of service. And I didn't check them out beforehand, so, uh, you know, you you could be in for a disappointment. I'm not sure. But I know that over time, you will find in our newsletter, in our our order of worship. 
you will find that call over and over again to somehow serve the the world. We may disagree on our understanding of our core beliefs. We may even disagree on whether or not we have core beliefs, but we are united in our determination to achieve peace and justice in our homes, in our churches, in our workplace, and in our world. We are united in seeking to save our planet and the little ones. Many people have told me over the years that for the first six months when they came to a Unitarian Universalist congregation, they carefully went in the back seat, in the back row, and they sat there and cried. And then they snuck out at the end of the service. They often share this with me hesitantly, not really understanding where that deep sadness and joy, because there was also tears of joy, comes from. But I recognize that feeling. It comes from our yearning to discover religious organizations where we're not condemned when we ask questions about God, when it doesn't make sense to us, or because we're in love, where our parents are not condemned because they choose to leave abusive relationships, where our neighbors are not condemned because they are Roman Catholics, or Jews, or Muslims, or secular humanists, where our neighbors in Iraq, Afghanistan, Palestine, Israel, and Syria are not condemned because they seek a bit of land, water, a better life, respect for their own faiths, and dignity. We yearn to find a faith that calls out the best in ourselves and that sees the face of God in our neighbors that calls for an end to all the killing, but insists on justice for all. We long to hear what we know in our hearts, that God lives in love, not hate, in humility, not condemnation. We are that church. Our creed, our creed, our covenant, Love is the spirit of this church. Our creed is love. Our creed is justice. Our creed is compassion. Our commandments are reverence for life and love for all people. We're not the only such church. I think you will find this in almost any church if you look hard enough. It's just that I think in our church we've kind of peeled away a lot of stuff and said, okay, this is the core. This is it. And the other things, there are mysteries in life. And we struggle to know them. And they're not easy answers. And we will accept you if you don't believe quite the same thing I do. But let's, let's accept each other. Let's accept each other. Let's accept our neighbors. And let's find a way to make our world, this world, a better place. Beneath the different words in our sermons, in our songs, in our prayers are the same words. God, goddess, spirit of life and love, thou of no names and thou of a thousand names, we are one. Make us one. Bring us justice. Bring us mercy. Bring us peace. Here I am, Lord. Let me be your hands. Let me be your feet. 
May our vision of the holy be found in the hours of our days, in the food we do not eat, in the cars we do not drive, in the meals we serve and the children we teach, the children we reach, in the endless meetings we attend and the marches we organize, in our letters and our emails and our tweets, in our phone calls and our visits, in our generosity and in our humility, in our passion for peace and our work for justice. O great spirit of love, we are one. Make us one. Amen. Blessed be. Namaste. Salam. Shalom.